Well, the children head out. We're going to open our time together now in prayer and just uh, commit this time to the Lord and, and commit our hearts to the Lord as we look to his word and, and hear from uh, his people as they have served uh, his mission. So would you join me in prayer, please? Let's pray. Father, it's uh, always a pleasure to be here on Sunday mornings. And God, I, I know even in my own heart, I feel times where um, I start to get tempted to say, I can't wait till the end of Sunday. But God, I, I want to be here present now, and I want us to, to enjoy the fellowship we have together. God, I want to enjoy the, the time and the word, the, the opportunities to give and to serve and uh, to connect in community with your people. So God, thank you for that opportunity we have. And God, we do ask that you would right now just quiet our hearts, slow our pace a bit, Lord, that we would, we would desire to, to come in uh, and set aside our preferences or our preconceived notions or um, our expectations of what is to come. And God, that you would you would allow us just to hear from you, to hear from your word, and that our hearts would be moldable and, and shapeable, God. God, I thank you for uh, the fruit that we are seeing as a church body as we uh, come together to worship, as we come together under your word, and God, as we go out to obey it and, and to serve the community uh, in the love of Christ. I'm just so thrilled to be part of this family, God, in the ways that we love so well and the ways that we, we reach our community with the message and hope of Jesus Christ. God, now as we look to your word, God, I pray that you would, again, open our hearts, soften our hearts, help us to be receptive to the message that you have for us today, that your Holy Spirit would be here, God, moving in our midst, convicting us of sin and convincing us of truth, God, moving our hearts to a place of repentance and, and deep faith and commitment to you, that, God, our desire would be to leave here changed, different than when we came in, because we want to be more conformed into the image of the Son, Jesus Christ. So we commit this time to you. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you have your Bible, open to Philippians chapter 2, if you would. Philippians chapter 2. This will be about the shortest sermon I've ever given. Um, we are going to have um, two teams come up today and share their experiences in missions work. Uh, the first team in a few minutes will be uh, our, a few from our Love Does team. And uh, that during the Love Does week, we have some reports about that. So they'll be coming up here in a few minutes. Uh, and then following them, we'll have a video about the Belize mission trip. And then uh, three of those folks will come up and share a little bit about their experience with the Belize mission trip. And just so you're aware, right, there is a, a full-on report from the Belize mission, missionaries uh, during our potluck right after service. So once we're done here, uh, we're going to encourage you to say hi, bye, get a hug, and take somebody with you uh, over to the fellowship hall, find a table, and, uh, and we'll come in there and pray and, and get, get uh, eaten and fellowshipping and then get to hear from all of these folks from Belize. It's going to be a great, great opportunity. So we'll hear a little bit in the sanctuary and then a lot more uh, in the fellowship hall. Well, we're in Philippians 2, and what I, you know, uh, Dave Holst read this morning from uh, 1 John and, and talking about love, and really that the idea of love does, the message title today is love does. And, and we need to look at that and say, I, we need to be active in that. I think there's one thing that we come on a Sunday morning and we say, I'm, I'm here, uh, I'm, I'm sitting in a pew, I'm occupying a spot, I'm, I'm hearing, I'm listening, I'm attentive. Uh, doesn't that make me a part? Well, sure, it makes you a part, a part of a part of what we're doing. Right? The, the body of Christ gathers, and then the, gather, the, the, the body of Christ then what? Scatters into the world. Right? We connect here, we gather here, then we scatter into the world to share our faith, to share the love of Christ with people all around the world. So uh, that's, that's so important. Whether that is around the world is your niche in your family, whether it's in your workplace or your school, whether it's an extracurricular hobby or with your neighbor, or whether it's to the uttermost parts of the earth, if you go on a mission trip to, to Belize, where, wherever it is and everywhere in between, 
Our job as we go out those doors is to be missionaries who scatter into the world with the message of Jesus Christ. Amen? So it's not about just coming here and saying, I, I belong. I'm, I'm glad we ought to belong. But we go further than belonging, don't we? And that's kind of the hard part. There sometimes is a disconnect there because I don't always want to give up all of my things in my life that I probably should give up. And if I'm not willing to give those up, I'm willing to give them up on a Sunday morning for an hour and a half. But when I walk out the door, I don't, I, to give those up might be difficult. And, and if, I, if I don't give those up, it's going to be very difficult for me to share my faith because my life doesn't look like what Jesus would want it to look like. So there's an important connection there too. We, we come, we connect, and we gather. But in order to really effectively scatter, we have to yield our heart and say, God, I, I want you to do whatever you want in me. And today we're going to look at three areas. And actually, during our Love Does Week, um, these were the three areas we talked about on our Monday, uh, Monday night uh, prayer and worship service. The, the, the three focuses of, of our heart, of our church, of our community as Christ followers, what that should be as we go forward uh, in the world. So we're going to look at three quick things. One is this. Unity is from Jesus and it's for Jesus. So we're in Philippians chapter 2. We're looking at verse 1. And I, I want to read through verse 11 together. Let's look at this together. Paul says, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy. Now, stop there for a minute. This is the encouragement. This is the charge. Paul's saying, listen, if you're getting anything from Jesus, any joy and any love and compassion, if there's any, any wholeness from that relationship, then there should be something that comes from that. And, and sometimes that, that disconnect between us leaving from here to leaving is getting that and understanding that that's what compels, that's what motivates. We talk about the, any encouragement in Christ. Do you, have you been encouraged in Christ? I hope, right? Yes. We're talking about Jesus, the Messiah, who came and died an atoning death in your place and said, hey, if you believe in me, your sins are forgiven and you'll go to heaven. Is there any encouragement in Christ? Amen, absolutely there is, right? That needs to be in focus, right? Uh, if, if any consolation of love, that, that idea of am I encouraged by love? Am I at peace because of God's love? We, we should be. But we have peace through faith in Christ because of what he's done on the cross. If, if any uh, fellowship with the Spirit, right? Once we become a Christian, we put our faith in Christ. His Spirit lives inside of us, and there's a fellowship we enjoy with God's Spirit. It's not always enjoyable, though, is it? Sometimes it's very convicting and it's alarming that I might be outside of God's will, but he's there to nudge us back. Hey, remember the consolation of love? Remember the encouragement you have in Christ? Follow me and he'll lead us. He'll guide us. Paul goes on, if you have those things, if any affection and mercy, right? Really important, right? Affection. There should be a brotherly love amongst us. There should be a mercy that we share with one another. How quickly we forget how merciful Jesus has been to us especially when we pass judgment on our brother or sister, right? There should be a mercy about us. If he says, if you have any of that, then make my joy complete by thinking in the same way, having the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. That's so important. There should be a unity that comes from Jesus. That's part of point one. A unity comes from Jesus Christ, that we share that unity. Uh, you're going to hear a little bit about that from our Belize team as they, they experienced the unity of several different churches going on this trip together and what that, what that accomplished. Uh, you're going to hear about the unity that we shared across our town during Love, Love Does Week and, how, and what that accomplished, right, and what the, the fruit that came about because of that unity. He says, be united in those ways. Have the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. 
Well, then it goes into, like, I think the full-on purpose. Why should we be united? We are, we are united from Jesus and for Jesus. It says this, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Each of you should not only look out for your own interests, but also the interest of others, right? Being self, self-centered is not it, being others-centered, others first, right? And then it goes in, adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus. So now this is that unity from Christ. This is the example of Christ. And then this is the unity for Christ. We'll see what Paul says for us to do. He says, adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who, Jesus, right, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he come as a man, he humbled himself by being obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Even death, that's, this is the purpose, right? To show Christ's death and his, his atonement for sin. For this reason, because Christ humbled himself, because God in the flesh came and put on, put on flesh for us to die, what happened? For this reason, God the Father exalted him and gave him the name that's above every name. That in the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is, is God to the glory of God the Father. So when we talk about unity, it's important that we are united from Jesus, right? We have encouragement from Christ. We have a relationship with him. The Spirit lives in us, and, and we follow the Spirit. Not your own whims, not your own preferences, not your own whatever your mumbo-jumbo you're into. We, we forsake that and say, I'm done with that. I am, I am encouraged from Christ. I have seen his love and the peace from his love, and I am going to live in a way that's merciful and affectionate to others, and it's not going to be my, my life. I'm not going to live. It's going to be Christ lives through me. So we, we, we live that way from Christ in unity, and then we live for Christ. What, what is the ultimate goal? That you get kudos? That you get a gold star that our church is recognized as amazing? Not at all. That Jesus Christ is glorified. That Jesus Christ is lifted up. That he is seen as the glorious one. That, that it's not the name of First Baptist Church or Brandon or you, that every, every knee is going to bow. It's not the name of Jesus. Every knee is going to bow. And, and for us, it starts with bowing our own heart, repenting and, and, t- and trusting him in faith and turning to him that he would be our Lord, that we'd have that encouragement and that peace and that affection and that mercy and that love from him so we could live for him and exalt him everywhere we go. We saw that during Love Does. Number two, uh, when we talk about love, we love because Christ first loved us. We love because Christ first loved us. In fact, th- there's no way we can adequately love without the example of Christ loving us first. And if you don't know God, and no, you don't know love. And you can't actually adequately love. You might be able to, to have feels and kind of try to pretend to love, but ultimately it's selfishness there. But when God loves you and you respond to God's love, His Spirit comes in you and gives you the, the capacity and the ability to actually love the way He chose to love us. I want to go back to that First John passage. Chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. Dear friends, let us love one another. Because love is from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. So the requirement to love is to be born of God and know God. The one who does not love does not know God, because God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. So we love how he first loved us. How was it revealed? In this way. That God sent his one and only Son into the world, that we might live through him. Well, that is love, isn't it? 
We see that in John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. He loved the world in this way, right? That he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. God loved. God loved. God loved. Love consists in this. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. We were sinful. We were separated. And God restored us through faith in Christ. What Christ did was enough for us. Dear friends, if, if God loved us this way, we must also love one another. John 13, 34 and 5 says the same thing. We love the way he loved us. And that was self-sacrificing love, wasn't it? And, and, the, and that passage goes on. It says that the way we love one another will prove to the world outside those windows that we are his disciples. How do we love? It starts here. You might think, oh, Brandon, I love my neighbor so good. Good for you. I love my coworker. They're just, I love them all the time. Great. How's your, how's your love for the body? Well, it starts here. It starts, why? Because there's a unity and encouragement we have from Christ. And that unity draws us together. And, and, and we can do nothing apart from each other. The Spirit resides in the body, and, and the body of Christ goes out, and, and they share the love of God. We gather so we can scatter. We aren't loving each other well here. We, we aren't doing it out there. And what's that witness look like to the world? That they'll know we're his disciples when we love who? One another. The brethren. You can love your neighbor until you're blue in the face. They won't know you're his disciple until you love one another. That's what Scripture says. If you and I can't have love for one another, it's not real there. Verse, 20, or verse 19 of 1 John 4. We love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. That's the motivation. Uh, and I know some people that went on these projects or even mission trips, they, they just said, I'm, I'm going. I'm going to go love people. And it was just like, I want, to be, I want to do a task. I want to join the crew. I want to be a part of the movement. Okay. I, I hope you understood God's love as you participated. Because love and the knowledge of what love is comes from God's love. And unless you and I know God's love and have embraced God's love and, and relish in God's love, we won't be properly motivated to go love others. We can't be. We can go serve alongside of somebody. We can go try to meet a need and do good works, but to really genuinely love, self-sacrificially, no strings attached in a way that bears fruit, it has to come from you and I having experienced the love of Christ first. We love because he first loved us. We talk about unity, right? There's unity from Jesus and, and for Jesus. Then we talked about number two, that we love because Christ first loved us. And finally, number three, we should imitate the faith of the faithful. Uh, uh, is, imitate is, is interesting. We, um, it's, it's also the idea of replicating. And we talked about this during Love Does Week. And, and one, of the, one of our goals as a church is as we gather together and make a program, like not necessarily Sunday morning, although you can do some of this at your home or in a home kind of group, but, but all the other things we do during the week or, or any program of Love Does or a men's group or a women's group or whatever it might be, we, we do that with the intention and the hope that you can see something and you can imitate it and replicate it yourself. So when we send out an email saying, hey, would you please sign up for the meal train for this family who, who lost some, someone or, or a family who um, experienced a, a surgery or there, there's a, a pregnancy and they, they had a baby and they just let's love them with food. 
Our hope is you'll do that. But our hope is when you recognize a need in your neighborhood or in your coworkers or in your school, that what? You can imitate that. You can say, hey, I, I know what to do. I, I could bring a meal this week. I'll get a couple of friends to do that. In fact, I know a couple of people from church. So we want to replicate. Not only do we want to participate together, mission trips are awesome. Love Does is awesome. Men's ministry, women's ministry, children's ministry, those are awesome things. But our goal is that we can grab onto that and do those ourselves individually too, wherever God has placed us. And not, not wait for the next program. Like, oh, I'll serve somebody next time we do Love Does. In a year? You're going to wait a year? There's so many needs all around, right? How do we replicate that? We'll hear about that a little more. So I wanted to go to Philippians chapter 3. If you're still in 2, just go to 3. Paul is writing to the church here in chapter 3, verses 17 through 20. I want to just read that passage and then go over to chapter 4. Here's what Paul says. He says, join me. Join in imitating me. Join in, join in in imitating me, brothers and sisters, and pay careful attention to those who live according to the example you have in us. So Paul's saying, listen, there are lots of folks around, maybe not tons, but there are folks around that are living in a faithful way, living in an obedient way, living in a way that says, hey, I, we love Jesus, and because of our love for Christ, and he first loved us, we're going to love others. Just look at that and do that. Do that too. That was not Pastor Alistair giving message uh, updates and announcements about an upcoming program, by the way. That's Pastor Paul saying, hey, Christian, go live like you're a Christian and imitate people who are faithful. Right? No program necessary. Let's go on. For I have often told you, and I now say again with tears, that many live as enemies to the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their, their God is their stomach. Their glory is their shame. They are focused on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly wait for a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. This gives motivation. What, what, what do we, why, why do we go love? Why do we, why do we imitate someone else's faith that's faithful? Well, to love people, there's fruit in that, right? To proclaim Christ. But why is that necessary? One, because you're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, and someone else isn't. So there, you're, we're citizens of heaven. We eagerly await. Well, while we're waiting, don't waste your waiting. And why else? Because there are many enemies of the cross of Christ. There are enemies everywhere. Listen, if, church, if you and I are not on the offensive and we're just like just sitting back, we need to understand that the rest of the world that are enemies of Christ, they are on the offensive. They, they could care less about holding their tongue. They could care less about not making waves and, and upsetting what's going on in the world. Right? Where we, we're like, well, we don't want to be confrontational. We don't, well, we don't want to make them uncomfortable. They're already uncomfortable. Right? We have a hope to share. And as you watch and see faithful people who do that, imitate their faith and do that as well because the time is now. Don't waste your waiting. Time is now. And there are enemies of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and, and we want that. The Bible says that the gates of hell, the enemies, will not prevail against God's church. Go and share the gospel. I was talking to someone, I, don't, I can't remember who it was now. Um, I, we were talking about like divine appointments. We're talking about the idea of, do we, do we actually, like, should I share with my friend? Should I, should I share with my family member? I'm not sure it's the right time. I'm not sure if, if I, I need to open my mouth. And I'm like, I, here's where I default. Fuck. Yes, open your mouth. You don't need to be, I mean, here, here's where the question should be. 
should I be hostile and aggressive and, and confrontational? No. You don't, that's not good to start a conversation like that anytime you do that, right? Try that. I mean, how many married people do that all the time, right? That's not, that's not healthy, is it? It's not healthy. We, 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 we're compassionate and we're gracious. But by all means, talk. Do you want to know why? The God of the universe who created you, who saved you, and is calling you to follow him has set your schedule for every minute of every day. And for you and I to say, I'm not sure if I should talk to that person, you are, you are rejecting the sovereign, divine appointment of Jesus Christ. He's like, that was my calendar, my schedule, that was the person I set there next to you. Open your mouth and share the love of God with that person. Hard to do. I know, that's why Paul says imitate. Find someone that's faithful and imitate their faith. Learn how to do it. Be gracious, be compassionate. And, and where does that, it goes all the way back to the beginning again. Where does our unity come from? Where does, where does it, it comes from Jesus. The encouragement we have in our relationship with Christ. If that's of any meaningfulness to you at all, you and I will love people. And we will be faithful to love people. And as we're faithful to, to love people, people will imitate that faithfulness and they will love people. But it is our responsibility to love people well. Paul goes on in, in verse nine of chapter four. He says, do do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me. And there's a promise, and the God of peace will be with you. So as, as you and I go out scared to death, as we gather and we scatter, and we go out scared out of our mind to even open our mouths, the promise is this, just do it. And know that the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace, the God that gave you peace through Jesus Christ and his atonement on the cross that you, have, you are at peace with God because of what Jesus has done for you and that your faith has been put in him. And we, we can go out. If we're at peace, we can go out with that peace of God and share the gospel with people around us. So important for us to do. That, that's love doing. It comes from unity and, and encouragement from, the, from, from Christ and then for Christ that we're united in that goal. We're not promoting ourselves. We promote Jesus. It comes from a desire to love, and that desire to love comes from that we were first loved by Jesus. right? And, and then... What's final? It's that we replicate, that we imitate, that we, we can go out and do those things that we did together, even on our own, and open our mouths wherever we go, and the God of peace will be with us. Amen? Shortest sermon I've done. I'm going to ask right now, we have um, three of our Love Does folks who have worked in some projects come up. Uh, we have, I think, Steve Levine and Jody uh, Alton, and then we have Daniel Lathrop. Come on over, Daniel. You guys come on up and have a seat here. We'll sit down and have a little panel discussion. How's that? Give them a hand. There's Daniel. All right. I'm going to pass the microphone. Steve, I'm going to have you be the mic guy right there. Test, test. So I, I want to let them report um, on kind of the, the aspects I just talked about. Uh, love, right? Loving people and, and the unity we saw during Love Does Week and, and how that promotes our opportunity and ability to love. Uh, and then we'll talk about um, how we can replicate that too. So we're just gonna hear a few stories from them and I'm excited to, to hear that. All right, good to see you guys. Jody, he, he, Steve's passing the mic, okay? We'll start, we'll start with Jody. Um, I'm gonna go to my questions here. Jody, I know you and I talked a little bit about um, loving, loving people. I wanna start there. We'll, we'll get back to the unity, I think, in a bit. But um, tell us about your experience as, as being obedient to this um, but also the way the ways you saw fruit as you loved people. Okay. 
um, in praying about where I should help with Love Does. Um, my husband and Mike and I have been with the church for a little over a year now, but I just didn't, I wasn't settled that I was quote unquote doing enough, but it wasn't about the doing. It's I wanted to please my papa. I wanted to please my heavenly father that has blessed me so much. A lot of times Matthew 7, 7, which says, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door will be open. That's what God gave me when I said, God, what am I supposed to do? We were literally knocking on the doors of people and bringing them love. And they saw that. Um, one lady talked so much you could see the need, the loneliness. I have the names, phone numbers, and addresses of the six people that I knocked on their door. To whom much is given, much is required, and God has blessed my life more than I can even say in one campfire conversation. So these people, God just really gave it, gave it to me that when that door opened, it was us, all of us that delivered food that day to those people. So I'll be calling Dorothea and finding out if her cell phone needs some help because that's what God's put on that, my heart for that one person. That's what that person needs. And then once I get in there, I can just, you know, slam them with the love of God. Right. right. Daniel, how about you? Daniel, I know you, you shared, uh, you worked at, over at Escaton as well, and that's where you were knocking and delivering things as well. What, uh, tell us just about how you had opportunities to love um, there. Well, um, first, I would think that I found there was this one lady that was really unorganized. She just um, moved here to Escaton. She was in a different room, and she came to this room. She needed help moving her bed and from um, a different wall, and she also needed help moving books around, and I found joy in helping her with that. Yeah, and t hang on a second, Daniel. T tell us, you you told me earlier. How did she respond to that? I mean, think about what was what came about from your love towards her. Um, she gave me a hug even though she didn't know me because she was so happy. Right. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah, Steve. Okay, different view up here. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um. Love Does Week means uh, something to me special in that uh, it was a year ago, not this past uh, Easter, but the previous one. Um, I'm living at Escaton, and uh, on that Saturday that week, I get a knock at the door, and it's Alistair sitting there with a, or standing there with a, a beautiful, delicious turkey dinner. And... Um, I, I received that, and like I said, I was looking for a church to attend. And uh, it wasn't but a few weeks later that I came, and uh, walking up, I met Brandon out, outside. And we got to sit down and talk before the Sunday service. And so I met him, and as I'm leaving that day, I'm walking out, and I hear, Hey, Steve. And it was Alistair. And... Uh, uh, I've, I've since found out Alistair has a great memory. He, he remembered my name, and that really meant something to me. 
And uh, it, it caused me to come back. And since then, I've become a member of the church. First time I've become a written member of the church, of any church. Uh, and um, slowly starting to learn people's names and faces. But uh, Love Does Week means something to me because uh, in less than a year's time, uh, this past Saturday of Easter, I was helping serve those meals. And uh, like Brandon was talking about, different people here in town, there are a lot of different views about life over at Eschaton. Uh, I have a few friends in here, Rosie and Jeanette, and people that help me. And uh, there's, there's just many different um, uh, thoughts about life. And there's an opportunity in seeing that uh, delivering those meals, opening doors, and seeing people that know me from Eschaton but don't know I'm from the First Baptist Church or working with it, um, there's a connection now. Uh, and it really, it, it blessed me to see faces that I've talked to, I've talked about the Lord with, but uh, uh, now they know that there's, there's somebody from First Baptist that, that cares about them. And, and loves, and that's what love does is, for me, is actually doing something. And, you know, I was telling Brandon, we can give our tithes and offerings, but uh, sometimes we need to put feet on our faith and, and do something. And uh, like Brandon said, why wait a, week, a year for, you know, next uh, love does week? We can do it now. So let's do it. Yeah, very good. Daniel, let's uh, go back to you. Let's let's go shift gears for a minute. Uh, let's talk about unity, okay? The unity among the churches and stuff. Uh, what did you see or experience that that day you served? Um, I saw people helping, and it was just a bunch of different churches, each at a different door, and they each helped the person that maybe couldn't do something like um. They didn't. They couldn't drive, so they couldn't get um, dinner, or they didn't have groceries to make anything. And so I saw a bunch of different people helping, and that made me joy. Yeah, it makes you feel good, doesn't it? Jody, why don't you speak about that? I know Jody, you were involved in um, not only Love Does activities and service projects, but um, you helped kind of behind the scenes and just as a supporter, but also. Um, you were at the Monday night prayer and worship service, and I think you were at, you were at the Good Friday service. What was your view on just the totality of the unity of the body of Christ in Mount Shasta? Okay, Friday night there was about 50 people I counted, and the level of worship was intense. Um, the people coming together to pray, because it was worship and then prayer, and then worship and then prayer. And the more that we prayed, the more we actually got closer with the person. And they weren't necessarily from our church. So like the word says, we're the body, we're one church. So we're finding that these flavors are all coming together in unity for one reason. So uh, listening to people's prayers, uh, getting to know them, um, those 50 people in what I'll call the little upper room was wonderful. And I'd really really can't wait to see a lot more of that in bigger numbers um, because that makes God's ha heart happy but also we're walking every single one of us has a purpose 
And we're walking in that purpose when we love one another. And I'll agree with Brandon. Love doesn't always feel good. I'm sure it wasn't pleasant on that cross. I'm sure that walking into some of the eschaton areas where there's smells that come and maybe thoughts of your own family and this and that, that's not necessarily easy. But the love of reaching the people there is greater than that physical sense or or anything like that. The other part of the unity, though, isn't just going out and reaching. It's also supporting one another. Um, Kim, our wonderful dynamo that set up the pizza-making system, boy, what a well-oiled machine that was, um, we were able to support one another in that. And yes, we were going out to all the teachers in Mount Shasta and delivering these pizzas and all of that. But to be able to support the people in the kitchen, to support the people helping make the pizzas, laughing together. Um, I've learned that you don't tell Brandon something that you don't want him to tell somebody else. Right, Joel? Right, Joey? I didn't know Joey's name was Joel until that day, and I've been coming here for a year, and Brandon had fun with that. But that's team building. That's unity. That's, that's, I guarantee I'm going to do that again, and I'm going to bring my husband this next time. No, you don't have a choice. I'm sorry, honey. Uh, (laughs) Because I know what it's going to do for him. I got to know more people in this body than I did in the last year when I did vacation Bible school. All of this love does stuff. All of that is what's, we're serving one another as well as building relationship, and we need one another. I tend to be an island to myself. I don't need nobody, but that is farthest thing from the truth. We all need one another. Yeah, so supportive in that way. Just so so encouraging to know that the unity is what really propels us forward, and, and that support, we use our gifts in the body of Christ to serve and love one another, and, uh, and then right, we start together. We love one another first, and then we can go out and love our community well. Steve, any, any thoughts on, on the unity part of that at all that you had? Um, I feel connected. Uh, Unity-wise for me would be our small group that I'm a part of. Uh, and I encourage anybody uh, here that isn't in one to get into a small group. I think it's one of the most important things of, of this fellowship are those small group gatherings where we have a meal together and we share and we uh, experience uh, our lives together. Um, even right now, I'm thinking of uh, Mike and Jeannie Og on the way to Hawaii. Poor, poor things. Poor things. Yeah. But uh, I've connected with a small group of people. It's about 10, 10 or 11 of us and a few kids, a few uh, old timers. Mark, I see you out there. Uh, Guinevere, I see you too. So there's middle age, uh, there's older, there's kids. It is a wonderful time on Tuesday nights for me. And I really encourage you guys, get, get in a small group. Uh, you do things and, and merge with your, your brothers and sisters in like no other way. So Wonderful. Cool. Thank you. We'll give these guys a hand. Thanks, you guys. I'll let you head on down. <clears throat> yeah, you bet. We're gonna uh, we're gonna see a short video. I think we're ready for that um, on our our Belize from our Belize team. 
Uh, we'll check that out, and then I'll have the Belize team come on up, and we'll we'll chat more. That's fun stuff right there. We'll have a lot more to report in uh, the fellowship ball after service. Right now, I want to ask three of the members of the team, um, Leslie and Trilly and Samuel, if you'll come up and uh, share with us. Welcome them. <clears throat> All right. Leslie, you're the keeper of the microphone. Thanks. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> um, so I know you had um, a, a Praying Pelicans, like a, a booklet you've gone through and some questions for debriefing and things. I'll, I'm going to ask a couple of those questions. I know you've, you've thought about those. But also as it relates to what we talked about a few minutes ago with the Love Does team, uh, just in the unity shared, I think there's some special things you want to talk about with that. But I think the unity and then just how we love one another and the fruit of the love that we show um, and, uh, and then maybe replicating that in your own lives with that, what, what it means now. So we'll start, though, um, with the first question in your book. It was, in what, uh, or what did you experience this week that changed your perspective about the world? Start. Leslie, you want to start? Sure. Um, this is my second time with a microphone. The first time was in Benke, and I had an interpreter beside me as I'm talking, which totally destroyed any thoughts that were in my mind <laughs> at the time. So well, it's I nice. I won't interpret. Thank you, don't yeah. interpret. Okay. So how did the world change, my world change? I, we were in Houston, Texas on our way home, and I lost my phone yet again. This happened the whole trip. Um, it was in airplane mode the whole time we were gone. So my first thought is jump up and run back to the Pete's Coffee, where I had just picked up a muffin. And when I got back there, there was only one person sitting there. It was a man who worked um, at the airport. And he was on the phone. He was obviously on his break. And he saw my distress. And he immediately said to the person on the phone, I need to go. And then he stood up and he asked me what was going on. And I said, I lost my phone. <laughs> And he immediately called his boss first and seen if any phones had been turned in. Uh, second, he called my phone, and I'm like, well, duh, that's a great idea. But it didn't occur to me because it had been in airplane mode all, all week. No one answered. So we walked, and we talked. And while we were walking, he um, saw friends that he worked with. And he asked each one of them about my phone. <laughs> and then up comes J Jenny and Samuel come running up to me and like, oh, great, they found my phone, <laughs> which was wonderful. And I turned to the man and I, I said, what's your name? And he said, DeAndre. And I said, that's a beautiful name. I said, can we pray for you in some way? And he said, that his uncle had just passed away, and he was on the phone making arrangements when I talked to him. Um, he had not yet asked for the time off from his job, and he was concerned about that. So we asked him if we could um, lay hands on him and pray for him right there in the airport with people walking by. Didn't notice a soul around us. and. Jesus' words just flowed through me to this man, and it was the most ex amazing experience I think I've ever had. Um, since then, um, I've contacted him a few more times. 
I've learned um, that uh, he was new to Houston, didn't have friends there. He um, lives in a, a house with other people, but um, was not happy with his job and wanted more for himself. Um, he also has health issues. He has high blood pressure, and he has uh, uh, he's overweight, and so I've been praying for him. He's, he's absolutely in awe that I would keep contacting him. But this is, it's not me. I mean, Jesus taps me on the shoulder. He's like, now's the time. Text him. And uh, I have this beautiful new friend who's yeah. praying for me, and I'm praying for him. That's awesome. So, awesome. He's being faithful to the call. He's being faithful. Right? And, you know, three weeks ago, I would never have done that. Right. Never. And I just look for opportunities to do it again, and, and I just pray for them before I leave the house every day. So, so maybe God has some divine appointments for you every day? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Good. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Julie, how about for you? What ways um, did this experience change your way you view the world? Um, I think just being in Belize, there were so many people that um, didn't have as much as most um, <clears throat> Americans have, but they still were, they seemed so happy, and they still just had this joy inside of them, and just kind of realizing that, like, you can have so many things, but that isn't where your happiness is going to come from. It doesn't matter how much stuff you have, but that can't make you happy, just because, um, meeting all those people and just seeing how um, happy they were was really amazing. Yeah, it's eye-opening, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Cool. How about Samuel, how about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, getting to know the people at Belize, I mean, there's just something when you're doing the Lord's work, how, at least for me, he's opened my eyes that this is another believer, especially in the church, um, connecting with these family i just call them family because there's like no divide you know it's like especially with the teams um how we all came together as one unit to accomplish the lord's work and i've just been showing more and more that like um how much god keeps his promises and he's always with us and yeah and it just like seeing like the destitute and the poverty and just the way of their life how they're so content like what Trilly was saying um, there's so much joy, though. There's so much love that they give in spite of their condition. So it just prompts me to love them and serve them more is what I could do. Yeah, for sure. Um, how, how does this, like, go a little further. How, how does this trip now inspire you? Like, what, what are you inspired to do? Yeah, just to be more intentional, especially in the body, just to sacrifice maybe my preference to open up and hear other people's needs and the prayers and the power of prayer, you know, and because, you know, there's a lot we can do. It just, um, yeah, just to keep moving forward with, with the Lord. Yeah, truly, how about you? How, how did this experience inspire you? I think also um, being very intentional. Uh, there was a lot of times when I realized, well, I didn't realize in the moment, um, but afterwards, I realized how much joy that me personally, just by talking to these people and just listening to them and hearing what they had to say and praying for them, 
uh, how much like joy that brought them and happiness was just really eye-opening for me um, because just realizing that even though it seems like maybe you're not doing very much, like it can make a really big impact on someone. Absolutely. And taking the time to, <laughs> to ask questions or to get to know somebody and actually listen. I mean, we're, we're so fast-paced mm-hmm. in America that, 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 hey, how you doing? I'm fine. Oh, I'm, you know, we move on, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of really diving into the heart of, of what's happening in mm-hmm. lives. That's awesome. Leslie, how about you? Um, how has this inspired you? Oh, my. Um, so over the months before, we've uh, been reaching out to friends and family um, for prayer, for contributions to our trip. Um, I have, I guess I would call it a blessing. There are many people in my life that are unbelievers. And... God has placed it in my heart to sit down with them and really talk about my faith and what he is doing through me and how he wants them in his life. And this is, uh, I started this morning. I actually, um, I sent an email to a friend, said I'd like to talk to her, and I sent her a Bible, and it arrives tomorrow. So I plan on calling her. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks, you guys. Um, let's, let's talk, just shift gears briefly, to um, the fruit of love. I think that was kind of a question I asked the Love Does uh, crew up here. But what, what did you see in, in the fruit? Like, as you loved people, what, what fruit did that produce that you saw there? Certainly, you shared your story with your friend in Houston. Right. There's fruit there going on, but what maybe in Belize, some of the thoughts as well. So, so more specifically, yeah. how did people respond to your, you being the hands and feet and face of Jesus? Well, amazing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, just like the eye contact is just like, wow, this is a, like, and they actually, and, it, and what amazed me too is that as I'm pouring out and like really trying to meet their need, they're also at the same time, I can tell that they're like hearing my need at the same time. It, there's it's like this, it's hard to explain, but uh, I did, it was just amazing to see that they were touched and like there was a lot of moving things that like we witnessed. So, yeah, I don't really know if that you answer your question or not. Yeah, I mean, what are, what are some of the like, you know, when we love someone, when we, when we act, and, and care and nurture someone, um, we are building a rapport, right? We're, we're sharing a relationship, and I, I often call it show and tell, right? We show the love of Christ in physical actions, so we have the opportunity then to, to tell. So I guess, Julie, maybe your thoughts on that and how, how when you showed the love of Christ, how did that open up opportunity and relationship with people there? Um, I would say mostly there's this one relationship with this little girl who was 10, and I'm going to talk more about it at the potluck, but um, she had a really, really hard life. She, yeah. Um, Her brother died when he was a baby. Her dad left, um, and she was getting bullied in school. She's having a lot of um, just hard things to go through. And so I was talking to her one day, and I asked her, like, what are some things that make you happy when you're sad? And she was like, well, the only thing I can think of is the ukuleles that you brought. Wow. And so 
that was just, and I'm, I'm still keeping in touch with her, talking to her as often as I can, and it's just kind of amazing to me how such a seemingly small thing can um, make such a big impact on somebody's life. Yeah. And, and I think when it's done in genuineness, there's, there's such a, a real connection there. You know, we can, we can send ukuleles, we can send money to people, but when you stop and you look at somebody as a person, as a human being, and you connect on a level that, that meets a need, and, and there's just so much, so much fruit that comes from that. So that's an amazing thing. La- last question before we move on here. Um, just going back to kind of our, our, our loving folks, but then the idea of imitating or replicating, right? So you've gone on a mission trip, right? This was a program of the church, and you've been a part of a team, and you've had, had kind of you know, a, a system of what you're doing. But now you're back, and you're no longer on a mission trip, right? So how do you see this being replicated, or how do you see something from the trip being replicated in your own life? I know you mentioned being more intentional, but, but what are some of the ways that you served or were gifted in serving that will maybe be replicated here in the U.S. now, back home? Seems like you started this in Houston. Like, you, you already yes. started yes. replicating that, right? I, I think um, for me, um, praying before I leave the house, praying before I get out of my car, mm-hmm. praying before I walk in the store to talk with somebody, see somebody that maybe I can help by picking something off the floor that fell. Sure. And then from there, you know, just striking up a conversation. How are you? And again, I mean, just let the Lord work through me. He didn't, it's not an accident that that person is in your life. It's not an accident that thing fell out of their hand and you pick it up and you give it back to them and walk away or you can actually connect with them. And I think that's where I'm going to go with this. Very good. Be bolder. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, good. I would say just really um, taking the time to talk to people and to listen to them and just care for them. Um, Just... Because you can be so busy and just be, like, rushing through everything but not take the time to realize, oh, this person looks like they might be upset. Can I go and talk to them, um, try to help them? And I'm pretty good with doing that with my friends, but sometimes it's harder for me to recognize that, or not recognize, but to, I'm good, I mean, it's easy for me to recognize it, but sometimes it's harder for me to go strike up a conversation and be like, hey, and just talk with people so sure good samuel how about you yeah i think just you know getting taking the time to get to know the person and um and then always trying to you know obviously bring it back to the gospel but like just like in belize like (laughs) there's there's so much (laughs) going on but uh yeah i just you know yeah taking the time to learn hear the person's story and be also being god's hands and feet basically there's much work to be done (laughs) there's a bunch of work to be done. there's a bunch of work to be done amen to that yeah yeah well i think i mean that's a great place to end i mean there's a bunch of work to be done and we are called to be the workers right the harvest is plentiful the workers are few and so i'm i'm excited that you guys Wayne, I'm excited to hear more stories in the fellowship hall in a few minutes uh, just of, of your experience there. And, and really just I'm excited to see um, how this is going to be contagious.
for the rest of our congregation, right? The rest of our body that we're going to, to step up and serve. And we're going to serve alongside of people and serve to meet the needs of our neighbors, our friends, our coworkers, our people who are in school with us, um, just because we want to be the hands and feet of Christ and because he's loved us. And that's, that's really important. I want to just end with that. One of the things to think about. When we, when we talk about fear, right? We talk about things that will stop us. Maybe, truly you're talking about like, I don't want to, you know, it's hard for me to talk with a friend or, or to interact with someone or not, not, not a friend. It's easy to talk with a friend. It's harder to talk to somebody that may not be so close, right? And sometimes, what, where that, honestly, where that comes from is an insecurity that we have in our own heart from an improper focus of worship, right? A fear of God or fear of man, rather, or fear of, of being made fun of or not living up to certain, certain expectation or those people don't, aren't my you know, crew, they aren't the same kind of people. But when we come to a place of unity, and like when a trip like this or Love Does Week, the unity is that we all love Jesus, we know Jesus' love, and, and that that's the thing we, we have in common then, then to go share. It, we're, what, what happens is we start to become very secure in our own position in relationship to Christ. And if we're secure there in that identity, and that's the only identity, by the way, that matters, right, is our identity in Christ. If we're secure in that, the other identities don't matter anymore. And so we, we can actually reach out and we can you know, go across a, a room and, and talk to somebody and listen and hear their heart because we don't, we don't have our heart attached to something else other than Jesus Christ. So it's so important for us to, to realize that and remember that too. So thanks you guys very much. Give them a hand. You guys can go ahead and have a seat. <clears throat> we'll invite our worship team to come on back up. Thanks, brother. We'll invite the worship team to come back up and uh, um, why don't you stand together. We're going to, as they come, we'll, uh, we'll pray, and we're going to get uh, just into some worship time, just respond. Our children will come back in and join us. Uh, and then just an encouragement, after our service is over uh, here, head on, head on out, head into the fellowship hall, uh, find a table. Maybe, maybe find a table with people you haven't really got to know yet and start a conversation, right? And uh, we'll get in there uh, real quick after that and pray and get, uh, get to eating and uh, then get to hear from our Belize team, okay? Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for your great love for us, and God, that that has spurred us on to, to show and share uh, the love of Christ, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Um, God, and, and that our desire would be to be people who, from that love of Christ, would share the love of Christ with others. God, that as we have gathered here, as we leave, we scatter into the world, God, with, with the mission of reaching the world for Christ. I thank you for all of those who have come today to, to share and to report. Lord, I know more will we'll report in the uh, fellowship time, but God, I, I thank you for those who came to report for Belize and for Love Does Week. God, just the, the genuineness of their faith and, and God, how you have been working in their lives. May it be something that we learn from and that we can see in their lives, their example of faithfulness and that we can imitate, Lord, and replicate that in our own lives. We thank you and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.